questions from the community. Regular listeners to Life of Die will be aware that we've been asking for questions from the community and we've had the first from listener Peter Jensen. Peter contacted us on Facebook and he has asked if we could talk about how we've worked, or sorry, how you've worked, Chris, with the horror element in Alien and has asked, asked for some comparison to Call of Cthulhu. Now, I know, Chris, you haven't played Call of Cthulhu. I have, so if you don't mind, I can give some comparisons there. Yeah. Pierre, what I found when I was playing Call of Cthulhu, and I think it is the way it is maybe played, but maybe maybe you'll feel differently. To me, Call of Cthulhu, was, there was an expectation that you wouldn't survive the scenario. It always seemed to me like the game was out to kill you, like it was actively there to either drive you insane or to literally kill you by the end of the, the scenario. So one of the things I found difficult about Call of Cthulhu was from a player point of view, I've always been a kind of player that likes to build a story about my character across a, a long arc, hopefully, <laughs> and survive for a, a reasonable amount of time. But what I did find with Call of Cthulhu was that it was it was usually at the end of the adventure you'd had it or most of the team had been killed. I think in the ones I played, they all ended in total part of the kills. So from that point of view, I would agree that the cinematics probably, that most of the team will die, if not all of them. But yeah, um, I wouldn't say that that's the intention with the campaign play, but maybe if you can say a bit more on that side, Chris. Yeah, you definitely need to dial it right back. And the way i done it was to, I basically kept the alien out of it for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Because that is like the ultimate pinnacle of the game when you face this thing. It feels like you've got no hope. Kind of similar to what you're describing there, Gordon. And yeah, it's definitely something you need to think about. If you're wanting your players to survive a little bit longer, keep the alien away from it for as long as possible. And when when it comes to the kind of the horror element, just going into really kind of descriptive detail of things that are happening. For instance, in, in one of our campaign sessions, we had... They were facing off a, a load of androids, if you remember Gordon, mm-hmm. and Joe's, and like seeing these things walking towards you as, as like unstoppable machines that were intent on killing you. I imagine that was quite a tense scene. Yeah, it definitely was. I remember your character getting lifted up by the throat at one point. Yeah, he was nearly throttled. Getting strangled against the wall. Yeah, and and, and that, that ties in with what you were saying there about the pacing from memory when we when we started this i think it was you know a good few sessions before that episode with the, with the working joe's happened yeah in fact the, the first encounter we had i think talking about combat yeah side of things which is pretty lethal i do think it was about at least two weeks and maybe three weeks before we actually had like a, an actual battle yeah of some I don't, I don't mean a battle like a kind of mass battle it was you know it was it was like a creature that had that took out one of the one of the party yeah and everybody else kind of ran for their lives which is one of the things that happens in cthulhu i think the point of that is that you should be running away from things all the time you shouldn't be so i suppose there are similarities in that point of view but because it was so lethal i think it's a game where i've had the least combat and with a for a role-playing game yeah that, that that wasn't necessarily a negative. It was just we were enjoying role playing and we were taking our time about it and we were trying to do all the kind of things that happen in the films. I suppose it depends how engaged you are with the, the source material. I mean, we wanted to go through the kind of the uh, waking up from hypersleep 
you know, have had their breakfast around the table and all these things. Because you mentioned before about how we never really used stamina, and the reason we never really used stamina was because we were all actually quite on it for eating our meals. And... Yeah, these were always sharp as attack when it came to that. You're like, yeah, I want my coffee, I want my, my breakfast before we go anywhere. Yeah, but it, but it wasn't because we knew about the stamina thing. It was just because we were engaged with playing the characters and we knew this was things that happened in the, the film. Yeah. I think as well, it, it depends a lot on your particular setting that your campaign's in. Whereas if you were colonial marines, for instance, and you were you had weapons and you were on kind of missions like that, then sure, yeah, you would have been in maybe combat situations more frequently. Yep. So I think you need to tailor it to what you're setting, you're, you're having your campaign in and what your players are wanting. Yeah. I'm going to come on to that in a wee second. I suppose the other point I would add would be when we're talking about the horror element and about how frightening it was when we were fighting off against the, the working Joes. Would it be fair to say that you took your lead because we played the one shot at that stage of the scenario? Yeah, that's just something I was going to suggest for Peter would be to maybe run a scenario, a cinematic, before you jump into your campaign just to get a feel for the combat and just how brutal it is and what you can do to dial it back a little bit for your players. Basically, you you give them throwaway characters anyway, so they're not going to be invested in their character arc and developing that character. Yeah, they're all pre-generated, aren't they? Yeah, it comes with one in the book for Hadley's Hope. I would suggest running that, or even just running a, a wee section of it, just to get an idea for the the combat and how it works, and then tailor that to your campaign, so you'll you'll know how how brutal it can be when you're facing an alien. Because like the as you know, Gordon, they get two initiative rolls basically, or cards, so they'll act twice in a combat round. And they're super fast, and every attack they do is pretty brutal, and will almost kill you if not instantly kill you. So. <laughs> Yeah, you need, you need to be careful with using it and bringing it into your games. Even the lesser species in there, like the Neomorphs and things like that, they are just as lethal. Yeah, and one, one of the interesting things as well was, you know, we'd had that first couple of weeks, and I think we maybe said, right, we're ready for some action. And then when the working joys, actually, when we had that mission, it was it was like a, a space station across multiple levels. And the problem that we had was we learned to respect the combat system very, very quickly because we saw how deadly it was. Probably to your detriment because what then happened was that Chris had designed a whole like a whole load of floors, if not all the floors that we were supposed to look at. I, was, I think it was about seven floors of this base station. I'd drawn maps for every floor and written descriptions for every room and all sorts. And yeah, you just bypassed a lot of it and went on mission. Yeah, as soon as we realised that these things were capable of, you know, they were pretty hard to kill and they were so difficult we just went straight for like right we need to end this we need to shut these things down as quickly as possible and unfortunately for you that meant a lot of work we get put to the side i would always caveat that that gm's work is never useless because you can always you can always take these things and, and just put them into another scenario later on so i wouldn't get too hung up on that thing I, I think it is something that can be annoying as a gm when you've planned out a whole load of things for the players to do and then they, they just go no we don't want to do that we're going to go straight there <laughs> i can imagine that must have been quite frustrating for you that night it wasn't it wasn't too bad like you say i, I knew i could use the maps elsewhere on future sessions or future games so yeah it's I enjoy doing that side of things myself, like drawing up things and coming up with my own plans and all that. So yeah, it's it's not it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I think as a GM, you need to be a little bit self punishing in that way. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think as well, you you know, it's it's probably a sign of the players. It's a good thing in a way because we were, we were really respecting the system and, the, and how yeah. deadly the combat was. Had we actually gone through every level, I don't know, would we have survived? It would we not have survived? I don't know because we were in a lot of trouble as it was, and that's why we did do it. So I mean, to me, that would that's actually quite a good thing in, in terms of the realism of the characters that we were bought into our characters so much that we, we wanted them to survive and we were like how do we end this as quickly as possible and, and that's why we it wasn't a, it wasn't because we didn't want to explore it we were quite i think we were quite we would have been happy to explore but we were so terrified which is a good thing that's exactly the intention of the game you should be frightened of the androids and obviously the alien even more so yeah so i think from that point of view try not use the the alien too much because he's it's going to really tear through your party unless you've got a group of colonial marines as you mentioned that's the thing like i would keep the alien for near the end of a campaign or at least like midway through when you think your players are ready for it because one thing as well is when you first start playing your campaign everyone will be expecting it to come and if you just prolong it keep it off it'll kind of go to the back of their minds a wee bit they'll get a wee bit of false sense of security and then you can spring it on them and it'll have a greater impact as well yeah well that feeds into Peter's second question which was he was saying about what kind of campaign it's going to be and hopefully we've kind of covered some of the bases that we talked a wee bit about the three different campaigns colonists and the marines and the space truckers yep. and he's veering towards space truckers which we're right behind you there, Peter, because that's <laughs> space truckers was what we wanted to go. Yeah, it, is, it offers a good mix between the two, between the kind of combat and maybe colony life. I think you've got the exploration, so you can tailor it to be whatever you want. You can have missions on planets, on space stations, you can be hauling cargo. So yeah, you could you can really have a whole range of scenarios and adventures for your players. So it's definitely a good choice there. Yeah, no, I'd agree. But you're saying if, if we start the first session with aliens and firefights and the casualty, it's probably going to be sky high. I would agree with that. Totally. And then he's, he's saying, so what about the pacing the campaign and aliens? Ideas and inspiration from your campaign? There you go, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so can, can I say from the player's point of view? Yeah, go for it, yeah. From our side of things, as I said, we were quite bought into the the setting and as I said we were quite keen to do things about the recreating some of the, the famous scenes particularly from Alien because I don't know about all the other players I, I think everybody probably loves the first and second films almost equally but for me it, the original Alien has always been my favourite I don't know there's just something about it that I really like I know it's I know that the second one's much more satisfying in terms of the action and so on but I like the the way that particularly the I don't there's two cuts of it. There's the fight. There's the director's cut and there's the, mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. cut. And for me, the original cut's got a bit more of a languid pace, you could say. But at the same time, I wouldn't say it's languid. Really, it's more just it takes its time about what it's doing. And Ridley Scott, when he did the director's cut, added scenes in, but he, he tightened up a lot of the scenes and it made them a lot shorter. Yeah. And I quite liked the pace of the original Alien. I like, to be honest, I, I do like both cuts. Yeah. I probably do actually watch the director's cut all the time now but yeah i think it's good for seeing those extra scenes i mean you, you see kane at the towards the end and he's kind of cocooned and things like that it gives a another insight into the, the alien life cycle as well so that's quite an interesting one although it does seem to contradict what happens in aliens or because it's Aye, that's true that's the only thing i'd, I'd say that i'm a bit unsure about that scene being in well as i was gonna say the book actually covers a section about that about 
egg morphing, I believe it's called. All right. So there is a little section in there in the xenomorph section about that. That's good. But also gives you the other types of aliens as well. Some of the ones that you see in aliens, like the Queen kind of drones and the Royal kind of guards and things like that. So there's yeah, there's all sorts in in the book for you to use. But like we said, don't don't use it right away. No, definitely not. So as getting back onto what I was going, certainly from my on my part, I was extremely happy to take our time and to be engaging with. You know, I, I was a ship's pilot and I was really keen to make the ship my home, as it were, almost. And because you you'd given us maps of the, the ship, so we had we knew all the corridors well. And because I was so involved in it, I, I deliberately looked up loads of pictures on the internet and now sent you over and said, that's that corridor there, that's that there. So that there was like a, almost like a kind of picture guide to, to all the... All the rooms and, yeah. I mean, most of it was just straight off of the Nostromo, but... I quite liked trying to visualise that as much as possible and tie it into the to the film. So I was quite happy with, even though there wasn't much action at the start, I was quite happy that we were building up and we were meeting NPCs and, and people who were mm. we were interacting with and it was building, slowly building the story. Because I, to me, that was in step with the original Alien, where it, it just takes its time and, and builds it all up. I'd agree that the different types of, of campaign are going to completely change the pace of the game. I think Space Truckers one, you can do that and you can take your time with it. But the Colonial Marines one, you probably are going to want to have the aliens in on a lot more regular basis, I would say. You don't need to, though. That's the thing. Like, there's in the book, it describes a kind of like the, the universe is in a, a sort of a Cold War between the, the UPP and the kind of Three World Empire and uh, the United Americas. It's kind of kind of like a Cold War situation going on where it's at the verge of war. So there's a whole host of things you could do in different scenarios that don't involve xenomorphs at all. No, no, definitely. But what I mean is that the players will, as Colonial Marines, want to encounter them at some point and they probably want to battle all the different types, I would imagine. So yeah, I'm just I'm more talking in comparison to what we did in the Space Truckers campaign. All right, okay, yeah. I think the Space Truckers campaign... Maybe it was about two, three months, maybe even three months of play before we encountered the alien. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's definitely up there. So, and that was, as I say, that wasn't a problem. We were like excited when the alien did show up because we'd <laughs> been waiting for it for so long. But at the same time, yeah, I, I wasn't, you know, unhappy about the fact that we hadn't seen the alien for so long because I knew it was going to be bad when we did <laughs> yeah. when we did meet it, and I was quite involved with my character. But yeah, if it, if it was a team of colonial marines, I would definitely be expecting to see the alien before before that kind of length of time. But you're absolutely right because I, I I know that you know there can be tensions between the rival colonies and they essentially go to war with each other, so the colonial marines have got to step in that that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So even even with the space truckers kind of campaign. A lot of the adventures we had done were just were a salvage crew essentially. So a lot of the things that I had used doing were recovering company goods and investigating crash sites and things like that, trying to recover lost cargoes. And I always hinted towards kind of the alien being there in the background, just to always kind of keep your interest in it and make you aware that something's going on in the background that you don't know about. So yeah, just. Try and come up with different scenarios that don't involve an alien. It's a it's a massive universe, and there's a whole load of things that you can do to set the pace. 
one thing I'd done as a GM was I, I had a kind of roadmap in mind of like key events I wanted to happen, like use finding the shuttle. <laughs> and again, with your roadmap, you can't anticipate what your players are going to do because what did you do, Gordon? <laughs> we wrecked everything, I think. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you, you set, had a nice home base, Newmont Station all set up. Um, their hub where they used to refuel and go to the bar and go to the shops and all that sort of stuff and they brought a brought a shuttle back <laughs> onto the station that was had a couple of eggs in it <laughs> and from there the whole thing just snowballed and I had no I had no real choice but to destroy that station and take it away from me so to be honest though I don't I don't think we really realised we suspected we had eggs on but we I don't think we knew because we hadn't opened up what we yeah, we were trying to make money. That's that's really what it was. I was wanting us to make a lot more money, so we got offered a big job to to transport something. And then, but I don't think because we never opened up, we didn't know for sure it was definitely the alien. <laughs> yeah, and I think naively, I was I thought, yeah, it's too obvious that it'll be the alien on board. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I thought I was I thought you were trying to bluff us, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Backfired quite spectacularly when the, the whole station suddenly get overrun by aliens. That was pretty. That was quite funny. But yeah, it was something I totally hadn't expected to happen. But yeah, it happened. And it's just one of those things as a GM, you need to roll with it. It was good though because we had had a long build up to that point. So yeah, it did feel appropriate that you know when we had this real explosion of the, the aliens were running riot through our home base. So no, I. I even though it was unexpected for you, I, I actually think it came at the right time in the campaign. Yeah. And, and we had that, yeah, we had a lot of run-ins with them at that stage, and it was just a battle to get off the station. Yeah. I also had to kind of railroad you a little bit when you were heading back to the station, because I knew you would just try and escape once you realised there was no contact. So I had your reactor fail and all that on the ship. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Not coming, out, coming out. Yeah. So, I so it's all about bringing it out when you think it's right. Well, the campaign wasn't railroaded by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't think it anyway. So it was a lot of it we were fully responsible for and and, and drove ourselves. To be honest, I'm, totally. Because I'm always a. I always think that as a player, that's good to try and drive the story. Yeah, definitely, and it helps. I've said this before in our, our previous discussions it always helps the gm when the players kind of drive the story a little bit it helps you write things and keeps your imagination going and keeps it fresh no definitely yeah i think you'd also seen hopefully peter that's i hope that's a satisfactory answer i hope that covers some of the things you're wanting to hear by all means send us more follow-up questions and we'll try and answer as fully as we can i believe chris you've seen some other i know it wasn't directed at us specifically but i think you've seen one or two other conversations in facebook that's been asking questions of the community yeah keeping your players involved yeah so some someone had asked on on the free league alien rpg facebook page kind of place to be for GMs and players. It's, people ask all sorts of questions on here, but one that kind of seems to be a recurring kind of topic on there is because your player characters run the risk of dying, how do you keep players involved during the campaign? So I think the person in question had said they, they ran Chariot of the Gods and only one of the four players finished with their original character. So basically they're wondering how do you translate that into a campaign setting? 
like how do you keep your players involved? So again, it's kind of similar to things we've just been saying about dialing dialing it back and controlling the pace. Yep. I mean, you as a GM, you're, it's your duty to control the, the story and how quickly it's moving along, the stress, keep an eye on it. You'll know when your players are starting to like get out of control. Just try and dial it back as best you can. I mean, there was a, a scene in one of our sessions, Gordon, where it was on the station where you were in the nest, basically. I dialed the, the aliens back a little bit in that. I didn't have them acting twice and around like they usually do, just mainly because there was so many of them. I didn't feel it was necessary for them all to act twice. Mm-hmm. And it worked to a certain extent, but I do believe there was a couple of deaths. Yeah, it's, it's nasty enough anyway, even at that. Yeah, so if I had... If I had stuck to the rules as gospel and ran it the way it was supposed to, it would, uh, I've no doubt it would have been a total party kill down there. Absolutely no doubt. As a, a GM with other systems, I mean, the total party kill is something that it just doesn't, I've never had happen and I never want to happen because it's like the worst, it's like the worst possible outcome to the session to me, which is probably one of the reasons why I couldn't quite embrace Call of Cthulhu because it, it was at the end of every scenario it seemed to be total party kill and I never liked that as a as a kind of end point for the story no you need to have a hero someday emerging and I, would, I think it's fair to say though that because we have played the did them to survive actually when we did the cinematic I think there was only one of these I think it was you Gordon that had survived because you missed one of the sessions and then came back and it was you and someone else that was left alive all oh, right okay so I cheated my way through it by by not cheated being there. Cheated my way through it by not being there, aye. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's one way to survive. Just don't turn up to a session. Just that's, don't turn up, aye. That, don't play. That's the worst. <laughs> that's a that's a bad thing. Don't definitely don't want that to happen. <laughs> but you, the the cinematic is those are designed. You're you're giving preset characters, so you know as a as a player, you're less invested in the characters. So. To me, it doesn't matter if they all die at the end of it because they're not your characters. You didn't design them. You didn't have any hand in them. So you've got no, you know, no real attachment to them. I think one thing that helps in a campaign setting is to have some good NPCs that you can use, like Teeth, for instance, in our campaign, Gordon, <laughs> where he's got a bit of a, a bit of banter between the players, and somebody wouldn't mind taking that character over and the eventuality of their death. That's one way to keep someone involved in it. Or we have, I'm sure we've spoken about our, one of our players before, Gordon, who likes rolling up new characters. It's part of the, the experience for him is creating new stories and things like that. So, yeah, it's I think it's down comes down to your players as well. Yeah. How invested they are in their characters. If they're, if they're really wanting to like develop that character like you were, Gordon, they're going to be more cautious in the game. Yeah, my character was was very forthright, but at the same time, he was, not when it came to combat, he was trying yeah, not to get deal. involved. Ah, he, was, he was talking about <laughs> the game, but not really, not really doing it, delivering. Yeah, yeah. So he was always trying to keep out of combat where he could. But picking up your point there about NPCs, I've had an idea about how to run campaigns. I've been thinking a lot about it in the last in the last week in particular, and one of the things. And I think we'll talk about this in future podcasts because we're going to go do some podcasts where we put the theory we've been talking about into practice and create a campaign setting. And 
hopefully I'll do some blog posts to go along with this. And in the YouTube channel, I'm hoping to put some images to back up what I'm talking about as well. To Usually I don't put any images on the Life of Die channel other than the lovely logo that you created, Chris. Mm-hmm. But I think in the, for this for these ones, I'm going to start putting some images in to back that up. But one of the things I have been thinking about is to cover the problem that you're talking about, where you essentially create several characters for your campaign and you only play certain ones. And if you get killed in the process of the game, then you've got one to pick up again that you've created from scratch. That's the long and short of what I'm going to be talking about. But I've <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've had a long think about that. So it's yeah, I'm looking forward to us doing that. Cool. So yeah, I think that probably covers. Was there anything else you wanted to raise, Chris, or anything else you'd seen that merited discussion? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's fine. That's good. That's what we want to cover everything. So okay, yeah. If anybody has any further questions, please just you know interact with us, ask away. We're happy to deal with it and yeah. chat about anything that's on your mind. And uh, yeah, we, we enjoy talking about aliens, so it's <laughs> it's not it's not that's, difficult. That's <laughs> no, that's good. Strong. Okay, so thanks again, Chris, for joining us. No problem. Cheers. So until next time, keep on living the life of die. 